From Welcome Villain Films, the studio that brought you the horror hit Malum, as well as Beaten to Death and Hunter Killer, comes their newest nightmare, Mind, Body, Spirit, now available on digital. Directed by Alex Haynes and Matthew Miranda, and produced by Dan Asma, Mind, Body, Spirit follows Anya, an aspiring yoga influencer, as she embarks on a ritual practice left behind by her estranged grandmother. What starts as a spiritual self-help guide quickly evolves into something much more sinister. As Anya becomes increasingly obsessed with the mysterious power of the practice, she unwittingly unleashes an otherworldly entity that begins to take control of her life and her videos. Now, Anya must race to unlock the truth before her descent into madness threatens to consume her mind, body, and spirit. During its festival tour, which stops at Chattanooga Film Festival and the Unnamed Footage Festival, Mind, Body, Spirit garnered praise from critics who call it a found footage version of Hereditary and a knockout found footage horror movie for the live stream era. Experience the first ever yoga-themed found footage horror film and don't miss the film viewers have called extremely frightening and upsetting. Available now on digital anywhere you rent or buy movies online, including Prime Video and Apple Plus. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Don't touch that dial. You're tuned in to the Dread Podcast Network. What's your favorite scary movie? Oh, come on. You know I don't watch that shit. Why not? Too scared. No. No, it's just, what's the point? They're all the same. Some stupid killer stalking some big-breasted girl who can't act who's always running up the stairs when she should be going out the front door. It's insulting. comedy podcast and we're gonna gonna tell you the entirety of a movie spoilers and all i'm ketrin porter you guys and i'm kim burns i'm gonna tell kim a little story today and i'm gonna murder it yep and i well i got nothing nope yeah she's gonna murder it (laughs) we're both doing great (laughs) we're doing great uh kim has allergies maybe possibly a cold and i had a real milestone two nights ago what's that i uh had my first bout with acid reflux (laughs) wow it was really all grown up yeah it was um really gross and kind of painful and I remember my dad complaining about acid reflux right around this age, right now. <laughs> but I said, you know, I was little, 
So like, I don't, maybe this isn't acid reflux. Like, I don't know. Maybe it was something else. So I called dad. I said, this happened. It felt like this. It tasted like this. And he goes, yeah. Tasted like? Oh yeah. It comes into your mouth. What's it taste like? Sour, acidic bile. Ew. It's acid reflux is different than heartburn. It's literally like the valve in your dad taught me all about it. It's the valve in your stomach is leaky. And so the stomach acid comes Ew. up your esophagus and into your mouth. No, go back down. Yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Get out of my mouth. <laughs> my dad's was so bad that like he couldn't talk. He lost his voice because it was just like burning his vocal cords every Ew. night. Yeah. And he was like, I would wake up choking at multiple times a night. Can I get some Pepsi AC? He said he just ate Tums for like a decade of his life. <laughs> like just like cereal. Just like Yikes. poured some milk on some. So, yep. Acid reflux. So he was like, you can't eat for three hours before you go to bed. And I was like, can I just have, nope, can't eat for three hours before you go to bed. What Fair. if I just have, to- can't eat for three hours before you go to bed? Also, you got to lay on your left side. Lay on your left side. Yeah. That I know. I had That's a big, actually not big stockpile of Pepsi AC at one point in my life. Because Did you? At one point when I was very young, like a teenager, uh, and I still kind of have this, where when I like work out really hard, like I can't tell, like I don't know, like am I just out of shape? But I feel not out of shape. Yeah. But I like can't breathe, but to the point of like like my chest burns and I almost like taste blood a little. I remember you talking about this. So like I'm like, is that asthma? Like I don't know what asthma feels like. Either. Like you don't know what stuff feels yeah. like. And, like you know what I mean? I'm like I don't know what this is. Yeah. So then I went to the doctor and he did like a blow test on me. <laughs> I'm sorry, not, not, not on me or me which, to him. I mean, which just, like, blow? Just There's like so many blows. Just like they have a little. <laughs> thingy that you blow into mm-hmm. just yeah my a, husband has one of those a, too no just a little <laughs> a little <laughs> plastic thing yeah uh-huh and you Got have it. to get the ball to go up <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh-huh and i guess that tells if you have asthma or not i don't mm. know and mind you though i'm a classically trained flautist so when i'm seated i probably have great lung strength you know what Mm -hmm. i mean yeah i probably have great breath support but when i'm you know trying to run a mile my chest felt like i was gonna explode yeah um so i he was like Mm, doesn't seem like asthma don't know what it is maybe it's acid reflux or heartburn maybe it's something like that I don't know if he said it was acid reflux, but maybe it's something like that. So, like, just take some Pepsi AC. So then we got a whole bunch, and then I hoarded them and never took them (laughs) because I was afraid I'd run out of them. So that's why you had a stash of Pepsi AC, not because you needed them so badly, but because you hoarded them. (laughs) Because I could have tried taking them and then didn't. So I don't even know if that would have worked or not. And then that doctor... uh, all of a sudden wasn't there anymore because he left town or maybe the country for like doing something illegal <laughs> for over prescribing Pepsi AC. Apparently. <laughs> so yeah, he was, Pepsi you know, I probably should have like gotten star a flare. <laughs> probably should have gotten a second opinion. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. But, well, you know, I don't know. I don't know now, what that is. And now I'm at acid reflux. <laughs> age and I still haven't. So still haven't figured it out. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah. 
I've well, made just it this so far. You know, if you ever wake up with a start because you think you are vomiting sour yep. acid right. and then you're able to swallow it. Ew. Yeah. Because it's no. not, you know how barf is like, <laughs> like it's, it's a, it's a muscular movement that's making yeah. it come up. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So like, yeah. this is just like, like a little hot spring bubbling up to your esophagus so it's like it's not hard it's not you're not fighting against anything to swallow it back down but it doesn't taste good i hate it i didn't like it my review my review of acid reflux is one star if i could give zero i would my review of that doctor one star also one star (laughs) (laughs) oddly enough that doctor would have worked great for me because i need some peps and ac So, wow. Do you want to start this podcast? <laughs> I do. Let's start this podcast. I do so, do your uh, thing. Uh, I just wanted to ask all of our friends, Sammies, to uh, go ahead and subscribe. And if you'd also like to give us some stars, speaking of them, <laughs> speaking of, give us five and maybe yeah. write some words, even if it's just a couple. Hey, yeah. they're great. Yeah. I like them. Just good even, job. Even our word. Keep good. On keeping on. <laughs> good <laughs> like yeah, it would be great yeah <laughs> just a awesome. thumbs up emoji yeah uh we love it and you um you know follow us at kk sam podcast uh join our patreon we have tons of fun things mm-hmm. all the post-mortem information about all the movies mm-hmm. and uh, watching live commentary yellow jackets right now yep season two and Early access episodes, video episodes, and, and live movie watches. watch parties. Yeah. Um, and I also, also would like to sh- oh, we join to our Facebook, Facebook group. Facebook group. Sammy Stay Alive Maybe. And our general, our chat that's happening right now. You guys. So cute. Kim and I didn't know what this was. Cry. I think we were both just like prompted to like, do you want to be chat now? Yeah, it was like a notification, like turn on the chat in your group. And we were like, yeah. Yes. And yes. then all of a sudden, everyone got invited, and then none of us knew what was happening. Nobody. And some people weren't into it. And I'm like, yeah. I'm so sorry. I didn't even know how to invite you or to uninvite you. Oh. It just happened. Yeah. I don't, guys, if there's any hurt feelings, we didn't know what was happening. I sometimes <laughs> can't even comment in it in myself. So I'm, but what I did want to shout out us. was there's so many, such, I mean, there's so many things in there that are just like warming our little hearts. But the one that I love the most is one of our Sammies named Diane with two N's uh, talked about something that I think everyone should try where (laughs) they sat in a hot tub, watch Leprechaun 2 on mute or Leprechaun 1. I'm not sure which one we did. We did one for Drunk Horror on mute with her husband and listen to our episode of that same movie while getting super high. Um, That sounds really fun. So thank you, Diane, for the recommendation. Yes. And uh, thank you to all of you participating in the chat <laughs> and just just keeping our little engines running. I know. With your love. And thank you to Christy, who started started a little love of saying that we do a good job. Yeah, that really and meant a lot. And then other people agreed. And so yeah. thank you so much. We appreciate it. It really... It really, it really, it truly does keep our hearts alive. Because we do put a lot of work into it, and it's nice to see that scene. Yeah. 
I so agree. Thank you. Thank you. From our little hearts. Yeah. Um, all right. Do you want to hear a movie? I do. Um, so lots of times during the year, Kim and I maybe have to pick a movie for any given particular reason. Maybe it's, uh, you know, a theme that we're trying to do or, you know, it's a new movie that just came out or whatever it is. But I asked him last week, I was like, do I need to pick something within a category? And she was like, no. So I really didn't know what direction I wanted to go, but I felt like I hadn't done anything paranormal in a little while. Oh, okay. So I just looked for a list of, you know, paranormal horror movies worth watching. And obviously I have to find one that I haven't seen already. And I found this one and I'm not entirely convinced that my general interests weren't plugged into some sort of <laughs> chat GPT AI to blender <laughs> to create this movie. It just kept being um, an amalgamation of the happy places that live inside my brain. So I don't know if you guys have seen this movie because it may have just been generated like by my, me. I'm not sure. So <laughs> this is what I'm going to tell you about. <laughs> I watched The Woman in Black. It came out in 2012. Uh, and it's directed by James Watkins. It's written by Susan Hill and Jane Goldman. And it is starring part one of the things that live inside my brain that chat GPT put into a blender, Daniel Radcliffe, none other than Harry, Harry Potter. Potter. It takes place in, I'm going to say like 1899. So that's point number two. It's old timey stuff. And it takes place in England. That's point wow. number three. We're yeah. really hitting the bullseye. So many bullseyes. So many bullseyes. Um, There's some moss up in this piece. Uh oh, watch oh out, world. Oh, girl. Uh, some mushrooms, some crows. Oh, yeah. oh you just, just you wait. Just <laughs> you wait. So we open on a scene where three preteen girls of the late uh, 19th century, so picture that attire. Uh, Victorian-esque are playing tea party with some dolls. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the dolls are the standard creepy doll of that time <laughs> mm -hmm. period. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, squishy bodies with a porcelain head type of situation. And they're all, it's three girls, uh, they almost look like they're triplets maybe because they, they appear to be sisters and uh, all playing together about the same age. And all of a sudden they stop and they look to the door. We don't see what they're seeing. But then they all three get up, walk across the room, stepping on and shattering their doll heads and their teapots and their teacups and saucers. And they open the window mm. and they jump out. Ah, oh no. Kerplump. And then we hear their mother. Screaming, my babies, my babies. <laughs> so we start the movie with child death. <laughs> Great. <laughs> uh, but also here we go. your bullseye. Also my bullseye. Um, 
no, I don't want to, I don't want to kill the babies. This, this was actually, I I was, yeah, I was a little like, I I actually thought to myself, I was like, okay, so this movie like, isn't trying to like Mm. not kill the kids. Like they're just, they're just going there and they tell us minute one. They're like, we're going to see kid death. And you're like, (laughs) okay, (laughs) all right. You gave me fair warning. Oh my God. Do you know what I forgot to do? Dead or lives. Oh my gosh. Yes. Please do it. Uh, so there's a lot of characters in this, so I kind of just pick the the biggies. Triplets um, dead. <laughs> you know what? I'm feeling really generous. I'm gonna give you triplets, just as one. One tri- one. Tri- all of them are one person, and I'm gonna give you that point. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. Um, accepted. <clears throat> uh, Arthur. <sighs> dead. Daly, Mr. Daly. Dead. Nanny. Dead. Joseph. Dead. Keckwick. Alive. Mr. Jerome. Dead. All right. So, picking back up. So, kid death. Kids jump out the window. Uh, we now cut to Arthur, played by... Daniel Radcliffe, a.k.a. Harry Potter. The efforts I went to to not call him Harry were (laughs) astronomical, but I did it. Um, He is standing in the mirror holding a razor to his throat, but not in a way that's like, I'm going to shave my beard. He seems tortured. Yeah. We're on a lot of suicide real quick. Yeah. He then puts the razor down, and we see that he's packing for a trip. He's still looking in the mirror, and we see a woman come up behind him and call his name, Arthur. And he turns around. She's not there. So he continues packing. We see that he's got some overdue bills in his uh, suitcase. And... uh, (laughs) Gotta bring my bills with me. Gotta bring my bills. Gotta pack my bills. (laughs) Well, this was very... Listen, no tea, no shade. Was this a perfect movie? No. ChatGPT wrote it. <laughs> There's always going to be things you got to, you know, you got to w- wiggle about. That very much felt like, a, hey, guys, we need people to know that he's behind on his bills. So let's have him pack him. <laughs> so, <laughs> so now we go downstairs. And there was the cutest a little boy. Oh, boy. Named Joseph, and he's got a British accent. I love a British baby. And he's so cute. I can't wait to force mine to be one. And I actually, for your, yeah, for your um, benefit, I wrote down his exact lines so that I can say them for oh you. Oh, my God. Thank you. British accent. Do you think we'll be able to get my kids to have D's accent, like a cute little baby yeah. D accent? I do because, but I think it would also mean that, yeah, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) which is problematic. (laughs) It's not British. Tell you that much. No, (laughs) Um, but I that I'd be great at that either. (laughs) Yeah, you know what I think it's probably more likely going to be that your kid will be able to replicate that accent perfectly. Okay. I think that's more likely what's going to happen. That a lot. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, 
So look at me, so cute. Oh my god, my so cute. It would be really cute. Um, so he hands his dad this really cute little. Um, it's like five different pieces of paper tied together, and they say like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And basically, it's like this is when I'll be back. I'll be back on Friday. So like it looks like his dad made this for him to be mm-hmm. like flip the page. This is when I'll be back. And the first day on Monday, uh, we see that he drew a picture. And it is him, his nanny, his dad, and his mom as an angel up in the clouds. And uh, Arthur says, why do I have a sad face? And... Oh, first little baby boy scolds dad for not looking at it properly. So he says, you didn't look at it properly. And so Arthur looks again. And then he's like, why do I have a sad face? And he says, that's how your face looks like. I wish you didn't have to go away from me. Oh, me too, baby. So cute. So Harry Potter is this guy's dad. Yeah. This kid's dad. This guy's dad. He's this guy's dad. <laughs> this guy's drawing up a bunch of pictures. <laughs> Harry Potter's his dad. Is that what you're yeah. telling me? That is what I'm okay. telling you. Yes. <laughs> Isn't Harry Potter a baby? I think he just has a baby face. Like he full forever. He's got looks a young. real baby face. No, Daniel Radcliffe has a child. A long time ago. I know. I pause. I I agree. And I was equally confused, and I do need to figure this out. I do know that this was around the time where Daniel Radcliffe was, like, trying to not be Harry Potter. Right. And yeah. what better way to not be Harry Potter than, like, be a dad? Father, this guy? <laughs> yeah. I guess uh, in the 1800s, you become a dad pretty young, too. Right. Yeah. Okay, so he's 33. He was born in 89. So how old was he in 2012? He's 33 now? Yes. So he's 23. Yeah. Oh. He's 33 now. Yeah. He was born in 1989. So he's 23. Yeah. So he looked like a 12-year-old being the dad to the six-year-old. Yeah. What? Yeah, he looked young. He looked young. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but he had, you know, some facial hair. So it was... Okay. I mean, they were popping babies out as soon as... The shit started working. So it's true. Who can say? Um, so British baby. Um, so he's leaving his son Joseph with the nanny at the train station. How old's the nanny? Eight? <laughs> the eight-year-old nanny. Um, <laughs> no, she's like normal human age. Of Older like, than him? <laughs> yeah. No, she's like his age. Like okay. I feel like she they look comparable. Like to, to the point where I was like, are you tapping the nanny? Oh. He's not. He's too sad. But <laughs> um, so he he uh, you know leaves him at, at the train station, but he has to make a, st- uh, a stop at his boss's office, and his boss is is kind of a turd. Uh, Arthur Daniel Radcliffe plays a solicitor, which for those of you that aren't Anglophiles is a lawyer in in British speak. And his boss says to him, pretty gruffly, you know, he's like, I'm sympathetic, 
but we can't carry passengers at this firm. We're not a charity. Basically, what he's saying is that his son is probably like four and his wife is dead and uh, his boss is not interested in uh, being privy to his morning morning process any further. His morning um, routine. His morning routine. Yes, I knew oh. you were going to say meditation. And- <laughs> yeah, his morning practice. Um <laughs> So he's like, this is your last chance, bruh. Like, I need you to do this assignment and, like, make it happen or we're going to have to part ways. Quit being sad. Yeah. Um, So he says. The American way. British way. Yeah. All the the Western way. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It's actually, it's, like, mostly the British way. Like, you think we don't handle, like, you know, mental health? British people are, like. What, what mental health? Carry on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so he's like, I need you to go out to the countryside. There's this fucking house out there that I think like we have the deed to. Like I think maybe that's the deal because he definitely has like a personal vested interest uh, interest in this property. He says Mrs. Drablo just died. She was the f- last owner of the home, and. Uh, she doesn't have anyone to leave it to. So like we are basically like repossessing the house. I think like we have to sell the house and Arthur is like, she doesn't have any kids, you know, to leave it to. And he's like, uh, I had a kid when I was 10. Come on. Yeah, exactly. What is she doing? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And uh, his boss kind of like looks dreamily out the window and he's like, no, no children. A boy died years ago there. Drowned. So we're like, ooh, drama. So he says, you need to go to the house and you need to go through the mountain of paperwork, which, Kim, you can relate to. Just what I'm going to have to go through should you die before me. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, what? (laughs) <laughs> uh, mountain of paperwork about. totally disorganized in every way just kind of in drawers and some I'll get to it later folders so he says the local contact like our firm's local contact is MIA not responding not doing his job so like that's why we need you to go out there and handle this uh oh yeah so He's like, this is your final warning. You need to prove yourself. So now we're on the train. So he's a lawyer. Yes. He's a 12-year-old lawyer. It's an interesting task for a lawyer. Real estate lawyer. Mm. Yeah. Okay. There's also estate lawyers, too. Like, specifically for, like, uh, dealing with the estates of dead people. So could be that, too. Um. So now he's on the train, and we see that he. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Gosh. I, yeah. I just went away oh, for a second. Oh my goodness! I just got thrown down a tube. <laughs> I gotta get my scary. notes. Um, he sees in the newspaper that he's reading that there's an ad for a seance lady. <gasps> you know, yeah. I love like, a talk to your lady. talk to, talk to your talk to your dead ones. Mm-hmm. We'll I'll do a seance for you. 
as he's reading this ad, he has a flashback to his son being born. Mm. And he's pacing outside the door, you know, like old-timey dads did. And we hear screaming from the bedroom. Because, you know, this happened at home, obviously. Mm -hmm. Uh, We cut back to present day at the train station now. He basically has, like, a layover. So he's sitting on a bench in the rain, and we see that, like, the next train is until 9 p.m. And he opens up his pocket watch, and it's got a picture of his wife in it. Uh, Cut to the next train. He's asleep, and he has a dream slash flashback. His baby boy is born. The midwife comes out. Here's your son. Mm -hmm. And he's joyful. And he says to the doctor, how is she? And he says, I'm so sorry, sir. Yeah. His wife is dead. So now he wakes with the, I'm telling you, oh, well, she's not a kid. Well, she probably is a kid. I was going to say they have no problem killing kids right away. She probably was a kid. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So he wakes up again on this train and he's sitting across from a gentleman uh, who introduces himself as Mr. Daly. And he, too, is on his way to the same town. And the town is called Eel Marsh Farms or rather, I don't know what the town is called, but the estate is called Eel Marsh Farms. And Mr. Daly says, you know, I know why you're coming here. Uh. You're not going to find a local buyer for that place. No one who lives in our village no. would ever buy that place. Uh-oh. Yeah. So they get off the train. Mr. Daly gives uh, Arthur a ride to uh, his inn where he's staying called the Gifford Arms. And before he drops him off, he has a Mr. Daly is clearly very wealthy because he has an automobile one of the new, ah, one a brand new automobile. Yes, um, one of the OG car people. One of the OG car people. Nobody else in the village appears to have one. Um, and before he drops him off, he's like, "Hey, do you want to come over for dinner tomorrow night?" And Arthur's like, "Sure." So he goes in. The inn is fucking gorgeous. Oh my god, the Chat GPT inn of my dreams. It was so beautiful. It was so candlelit and woody and apothecary and I just loved it it was perfect but he goes and the innkeeper is like immediately mad at him like so cold and rude and he's like I have a reservation and the innkeeper's innkeeper's like no room and he's like "Uh, no but (laughs) it's like that Seinfeld episode yeah but I have a reservation (laughs) but I have a reservation well what's the point of the reservation if you can't keep the reservation that's yeah so it was the Seinfeld episode just cut right to that Seinfeld episode and he's just like the innkeeper's just being really dodgy um as if it is like a personal vendetta against Arthur and at this point the wife comes out and is like, oh, surely we have a room for him. And the husband is like, no, we fucking don't have a room for him. And she's like, but this weather, like it's like it's storming outside. And she's like, fine, we can put him in the attic. And so she takes him upstairs and like the husband innkeeper is like horrified. 
So we get up to the attic and we have to walk up like several flights to get to it. And Arthur is telling uh, the innkeeper, innkeeper's wife as he's going up. And he's like, yeah, um, I need to stay a couple nights, like not just tonight. Like mm-hmm. he was because basically she was like, we can put you up tonight. And he's like, cool, cool, cool. But like I need to stay till like the weekend because, um, you know, I'm here on work. And then my son and his nanny are going to come like visit and we're going to spend the weekend together. And she's immediately like, no, you don't want to stay here. It gets really cold on the weekends from, you know, the sea. And I was like, only on the weekends? (laughs) 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 Just the sea mists are only Mm -hmm. uh, on the schedule for the weekend. Right. Um, And she asks, like, how old is your son? And he says, I think he says four or something. And she's like, okay, well, here we are. And she opens the door. And we've seen this room before. Oh, no. Three little girls were having a tea party in there. So that's also why her husband was horrified. It was like, you're going to put him up in our dead triplet daughter's room? That is exactly as you, like, there's literally, like, a broken doll on the floor. Like, they haven't touched it. And they're like, here's your room. What? Yeah. So now he's walking through town, presumably to the office of the uh, the on-site person, like the guy that his boss said like isn't doing his job. Mm-hmm. But as he's walking through town, everyone is staring at him. Parents are like pulling their children back inside what? as he walks by. Like what? people, just, why Woo-hoo. people fucking know who the fuck he is and they don't want him there. Ari, yeah, it's Harry Potter. So he finally makes it to Mr. Jerome's office. He knocks on the door. No one comes to the door. So he lets himself in, and as he's coming in, a woman is coming up the stairs from the basement with like a tray of food. Um, like empty plates and stuff. And she's like, oh, like she clearly is startled that he's there. And she's like, I'm, he's like, I'm here to see Jerome. And she's like, oh, he went to the Gifford Arms to meet you. <laughs> Why are you here? <laughs> and at that point, Mr. Jerome comes in and he's like, oh, I went to the Gifford Arms to meet you, but you weren't there. But uh, here's all the paperwork you need. I told the firm that you didn't need to come here. Really stupid for you to come all the way from London. Here's all the papers. Okay, off you go. Bye. Question one. What do you do? What does Arthur do? I am like, oh, great. This was so easy, breezy, beautiful cover girl. Take Mm -hmm. my paperwork and head on home. To my little guy. Great. What does he do? I think he needs to investigate further. Yep. Come on, Ari. Always getting into trouble, that one. Where's Mr. Filch when you need him to give him a good ass whooping? Wow, that was all over the place. Apologies, everyone. <laughs> that accent was... <laughs> Off the rails before it started. (laughs) (laughs) So it wasn't. So uh, Harry says, cool. Thank you for this like single 
folder of papers but like my boss said there was literally like mountains of it at the house so like I just need to make sure we have everything so I'm gonna go look at the house and he's like so you know can someone take me to Eel Marsh and Mr. Jerome is like nope no one available to take you to Eel Marsh there's no rooms at the inn we don't have a te- we don't have a telephone and the telegram store is closed bye <laughs> <laughs> and he's like but I do have this guy Keckwick who agreed to drive you to the train station he's right outside off you go and like shoves him out the door and there's Keckwick with his carriage like I'm here to take you to the train station. Okay. Question two. That was better. (laughs) This is better? (laughs) Better. Better. Yeah. Um, So. Not great. Not good. No, 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 no. We're not, we're not talking great. (laughs) Um, So he says, uh, Keckwick, Keckwick is like, you know, I'm taking you to the train station. Question two. What do you do? What does Arthur do? Uh, great. Let's go, Keckwick. Gotta go see my son. His mm-hmm. mom's dead. <laughs> Got to go see my son. His mom's dead, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And he's like, thanks so much, Keckwick. Except we're going to take a detour to... Marsh Island Farms. Farms. (laughs) That's one and a half points. Um, My really terrible British accents are making me laugh even harder today because I just messaged one of my new friends in Wales that we met when we were out there asking him a question about something else. But I was like, all right, buddy, I got to go. I got to go record an episode of my podcast. And he goes, oh, oh, yeah, I've been meaning to listen to that, which means if he listens to like the most recent episode, it's going to be me doing (laughs) terrible accents. He's going to be like, I I don't need to we don't need to continue our correspondence. (laughs) That was one and a half points because, yes, he does say take me to Eel Marsh, but he has to do something extra because Keckwick is like. I was paid to take you to the train station, bruv. And so Arthur has to be like, okay, well, I'll pay you more to take me to Eel Marsh. So he pays him extra money to take him there. So now we're taking the carriage through the marsh. And this is GPT, again, very specific. This one's like really specific. The rest has been kind of broad strokes. Oh, she'll love England and old things and Harry (laughs) Potter. (laughs) But this one was specific. Specific. Oh, you're losing your words? We yeah. would love for it. I am. <laughs> it's getting a little tongue tied. <laughs> it is a house on a rock in the middle of a marsh, but the marsh is basically like the flats of Cape Cod. If you guys haven't been to the flats, the, when the tide goes out in Cape Cod, the tide goes out like a mile or two on the bay side. So where there had previously been water that would have been well over your head, you can now walk out a mile or two. It's really beautiful. It's really beautiful as it comes back in. Um, And this is where this house is, in the middle of a place where when the tide is out, you can travel to it. When the tide is in, it is an island. Ah, I hate it. Yeah. Um, so I, I like think, to be able to leave my house whenever I want to leave. Yeah. 
So when I say marsh, I I feel like maybe you're thinking of almost like what I consider like an, a more American marsh where it's like there's seagrass and some dunes and, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. What I want you to picture is the swamp of sadness from Never Ending oh, Story. Yeah. No trees, but like the consistency of the quicksand in the swamp of sadness. Right. Okay. Remember when we did that mud run? And <laughs> <laughs> it's like it that. It was like a little too muddy. It was a little too muddy. And people <laughs> couldn't get through. <laughs> Couldn't get through, guys. Like we were in the swamp of sadness. We were in the swamp of sadness. I understand why Artex gave up. I lost my shoes. The, the, the quicksand took my shoes in that mud run. It's just, people were just losing their shoes and their socks and just leaving them behind. And they were like, what am I going to do? The mud has them now. So it was that. And everyone's That's what... already muddy from previous parts. And then yeah. everyone looks like zombies, like not being able to get through. Like, just, it was so stupid. That's sticky, sticky mud. It was so sticky. So then you, you've got it. You've got two got reference it. points okay. <laughs> that are exactly what the consistency of this marsh is that we're talking about. So all I'm saying is you're not getting out of there quick if you need to. <laughs> no. <laughs> God, that was a weird experience. <laughs> and we paid for like, it. I was like, this can't be correct. This has to be a mistake. <laughs> This couldn't be like what they wanted it this couldn't to be. be. This couldn't it be. It had to have been a mistake. <laughs> and I was like, I'm sure I'm marking on bodies underneath here. <laughs> I just, there was a moment where I was like, I'm never going to make it. Yeah, guys. I'm just going to get sucked into this mud. As you can imagine, that was the, the last year our friend group did a mud run. <laughs> it me was to celebrate my birthday. Took off my shoes and put them on my hands. <laughs> I Which think was I went so socks smart. on my feet and shoes on my hands. That was so smart. I just left my shoes behind. She just literally didn't even take her shoes. <laughs> She's like, I don't own these sneakers anymore. I, I They're gone. <laughs> that was a bad idea, too, because then there was one part of the mud run where it was just where, like, razor yeah. rocks. <laughs> yeah. Here, like you here's your shoes later on. Yeah. Sure. Here's, your, here's the razor rock portion of your mud run. <laughs> You're like, I don't have shoes. I got got shoes on my hands. I'm ready to go. (laughs) It was not an enjoyable experience, guys. Um, Anyway, so (laughs) this carriage is a mud run outside of this castle. Exactly. So there's like a road that goes up to the Mm -hmm. house, but it's, you know, covered when the tide comes in. But as they're pulling up to the house... Uh, Arthur looks over and he sees that there's like just a cross um, marking a grave in the middle of like the mud. Mm. Um, No name, no nothing, literally just two sticks poking out of the mud. And uh, Keckwick drops him off still a ways away from the house, like basically at the gate. Keckwick is like, "Okay, you can walk the rest of the way. And Arthur says, can you pick me up at 3 p.m.? And Keckwick says, no, I can't. He says, I won't be able to get you until 5 p.m. when the tide goes back out. So there's a period of time where you can't come in or out to get to this property. Yeah. So he's walking through the gates. uh, Chat GPT point number whatever. Cemetery on the grounds. Gorgeous. (laughs) 
uh, house is overgrown with moss and ivy. Gorgeous. Um, and he goes inside. He's looking all around. There's tons of portraits, oil hearths. portraits on the wall. So many hearths. There's a goddamn hearth in the bathroom. We haven't gotten there yet, but there's wow. a hearth in the bathroom. Um, he's over. He's over by the sink doing something, and he stops. He hears something. And then a thump. <laughs> and it appears to just be the pipes because a bunch of just like sludge comes out Ugh. of the faucet. Gross. Um, so he's just kind of going around. He's opening the windows, opening the curtains, collecting whatever papers he can find around the house. And he starts reading and, and going through them. And we see the, the time passing because we're watching the, the tide come in and cover the road. He appears to have found a bunch of birthday cards to someone named Nathaniel. Um, and they say, happy birthday, Nathaniel, love, mother and father. He then finds a death certificate for N. Drablo, Nathaniel Drablo. And it says, drowned in the marsh, body, duh, never recovered. Sure. Because it's down there with all of our sneakers. Right. Yeah. Who's surprised? Nobody. Yeah. Nobody. So <laughs> he then like looks, Arthur then like, you know, reads this and looks over at his son's drawing. And I'm like, wasn't that for him to keep the drawing of like when you were going to be home? But I guess not. I guess he took it with him to think about his son or whatever. Um, And then... uh. I wrote, oh, this purple room. It's like the walls are painted in like purple velvet. It's so beautiful. He then hears a thump upstairs. So he goes upstairs. He looks down a long, dark corridor. He hears the thump again. And then I wrote, ugh, this lantern. Oh, I, think I, just, lantern. I think I just like the lantern. Yeah, I just obviously. was I just like the lantern so um <laughs> he <laughs> yeah uh I'm that's picking up what you're all it down. was yeah um so he's going to each of the doors one of the doors is locked and he's kind of like that's interesting and he goes to the next one he goes in it's a bedroom and not only do we have a hearth we have a nest in the hearth of crows and there are three oh. baby crows that are, you know, like how there's like a wrought iron thing in like an old timey heart that would hold yeah. the logs yeah. in there. Yeah. There's a nest in that. So presumably the crow would fly down the chimney right. and made a nest there. And it took one me a of the. Because uh, there's no reason why I should have thought of it this way. But when we were talking about hearths, I was thinking of them with fire in them. Ah, So we were like this hearth with a nest of crows inside it. And I was like, how is that? What? I, oh, I, he didn't yeah. light every fire in the he, house. No, he didn't that light every sense. fire in the house. No. Um, one of the baby crows has fallen out of the nest. Uh-oh. So he Don't touch picks it, with it hands. up. Well, he did. He picked Uh-oh. it up and put it back in. I don't think they knew that back in the. The crow's going to kick it out. So kick this baby out of my nest. Get out of here. Um, So he's, you know, looking at this sweet little nest and then crow mother. Uh, Crow what? Mother. She's there. Uh, So the crow mother is now in the room with him. 
she came down the chimney um, and is obviously protective over her babies. So question three, what do you do? What does Arthur do? Uh, I think I'm just kind of like, oh, no worries. You, you live here, <laughs> not me. Uh, I'll just go to the next room. See you later. Cool. I'm cool, just going to cool. close the door and go to the next room. Yeah. Like, sorry to have disturbed you, ma'am. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What does Arthur do? I mean, I don't know any other option besides that, but, uh, does he try to like shoo them out? He does do that. Point for Arthur. I'm not going to tell you until the very, very end whether or not you got a point for what you did. Wow, you will okay. be returning to the Crow Mother after I, I finish telling this tale. going to be so important. It's very important. He goes over to the window and he opens it to basically shoo the mom out. He becomes distracted because he looks out the window... And at, standing at the edge of the woods, uh, of the at the edge of the property, is a woman in all black. In red? Black. 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 Woman in black. First of all, it's lady in red. This is a woman in black. <laughs> <laughs> That's the country yeah. version. Woman in black, standing in my woods. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> That's what all country songs sound like to me. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry to everyone out there who likes country. Kendra <laughs> just insulted. Yeah. Um, so a uh, uh, woman in black standing outside at the edge of the woods looking up at you. Question four, what do you do? What does Arthur do? She's standing in, like, the marsh? No. So... How do I just, okay, so if you're in the village, you look out and you see this like literal like craggy rock out in the center of the bay slash marsh. Um, Mm -hmm. And there's a house on it, but around the house on the rock is woods. So beyond the woods is the marsh. So the woods are closer to the house. Correct. Oh, She's standing in the woods. What's she doing? Just looking up at him like a creep. Oh. Yeah. I'm going to... I'm going to... Uh... I'm not going to lie. This is where not only does it get tough for you to answer, it gets tough for me to figure out whether or not you get points. <laughs> 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 Which is always the trick with paranormal yeah, <laughs> movies. <laughs> <laughs> I think... For the time being, I will just put a blanket over that and skedaddle on my way. (laughs) (laughs) Skedaddle on your way to the rest of the house? To my paperwork so I can get the fuck out of here at 5 p.m. Okay. I'm going to be like, oh, that's no, nothing's nothing to see here. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What does Arthur do? He gives a little wave. Hello? Point for you. No point for do giving that. her a little wave. <laughs> like, Hello. <laughs> Those are honestly my only two options for myself. Sure. I just chose do nothing. 
<laughs> but I, my other option for myself is give a little wave. <laughs> no, he doesn't give a little wave. He <laughs> runs outside oh. into the woods looking for this woman. That's way more than a little wave. He really wants to say hi. Yeah. And he runs through the woods to the marsh. Now he's standing in. Does he think he was like it was like his wife or something? Does he think he knows her? No, he just is like he was. I guess he was told everyone in this house is nobody lives there. Like nobody is here, and it's so isolated from everything else. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like it could be like someone from the village that wandered over. Like the tide just now made it so that people could get to it. So it is right. weird that there would be like another person there, basically. So that's what he's thinking is who is this? But they're on the grounds. So maybe I don't even have to go through this paperwork because maybe I can just give the house to this lady. Okay. Kim's not picking up what I'm putting down. I'm not convinced, but fine. He goes looking for her. I mean, fucking talk to him about it. What are you talking to me about it for? I don't know. You're trying to give him a, a detailed reason. Yeah. So he goes outside past the gates, past the woods to the marsh, which he hears a woman screaming over the marsh. But it's so foggy, he can't see. And then it's also the wet, flat ground. So sound travels in a way that you don't even know which direction the sound is coming from, which which is a super weird phenomenon. Sometimes, like, out at the Cape, someone could, like, yell for you at the beach, and it sounds like it's coming from, like, the other Mm. side. It's very weird. Anyway, so he's looking around. The mist is just, like, too thick. He can't see anything. But he sees that he's like right by the cross that was in the marsh. And he's like, who's there? Who's there? He hears screaming and he hears a horse neighing. And then we see a flash of a submerged carriage. (gasps) Our tax was clearly the thing at the front of this carriage because we don't see a horse. There is no horse. It is just a halfway submerged carriage with a woman, a, a man and woman sitting in it like, ah, and to the side is a child being like, I'm stuck. I'm stuck. I've lost my tennis shoes in the mud run. I'm sinking. <laughs> and so he sees all this, like a vision of it. And uh, he's like, oh, my God. And then Keckwick is ah. right there. And he's like, OK, Keckwick's here to pick me up. It's 5 p.m. It's 5 p.m. already? What did I do? I just walked around, looked at each room, and I'm back? Yeah. Well, to be fair, remember, we saw that we knew time was passing. He was looking at a lot of birthday cards. We saw the tide coming in, and then the tide came. Yeah, about that. Okay. So cut to him back at the village, and he's talking to the constable. And he's like, yo, bruv, I I saw an accident out on the marsh. Like, I was... I was witness to it. And the constable's like, there couldn't have been an accident. Nobody lives there. No one's been there for years. Mm -hmm. And Arthur's like, that's not true. I saw a woman there. And as soon as he says that, the constable says, "Um, won't you excuse me? 
<laughs> oh no. Can someone tell this guy the lore for Christ's sake? <laughs> Just tell him. Tell Just him. Tell me what's the lore. The situation here. <laughs> Come on. God. Guys, if your town has lore, you've got to tell the new the, guy. The new guy. Unless part of the lore is that you're, I don't know, trying to keep him or something. And then you don't want to tell him the lore. Or maybe you need to make a village sacrifice and you can use this guy that nobody knows. Clearly I don't not, know what your lore everyone is. Everyone seems to want him to leave. No, I was more just saying we can't make a blanket statement that if your village has oh, lore, you yeah, have yeah, yeah, to no. tell the new guy because right, right, sometimes right, yeah. you got to no, keep it. If your lore requires sacrifice, then yeah, yeah. Of course. You got to keep it hush hush. But this guy. But. Yeah. Um, so he leaves. And at that moment, Three motherfucking kids come in about the same age as our triplets who died. Two boys holding up their sister who looks like a zombie. <laughs> she looks gray and unwell. She looks undead, actually. <laughs> okay. And her brothers are like, sir, help us. She drank lye. Oh, Do you know no. what lie is? Uh, lie is one of do you know isn't it like what you pour on bodies in the bathtub to make them melt it away it is but it is also a very important ingredient in soap but the other important ingredient in soap counteracts the horrible burning effects of the lie which is why in fight club they made soap but it was mm -hmm. like you had to be really careful with the process because one part of the process is just lie, which is meant to disintegrate bodies. So she drank mm -hmm. that. It seems like, seems like, why did we do that? Why did, why did we do we that? Why did we use that for soap? Why? Yeah. That seems like it, it seems like a real idea. A little bit of a, a, a roulette situation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a soaplet situation. A soaplet for sure. Yeah. Um, weird, I'm weird glad situation. we've all made it this long. I mean. Good for by, all of us. By the grace of the goddess go I, honestly. Do you know how much soap I've used in my life? I've used a lot of soap. <laughs> God, just think of 2020 alone. Oh my God. So much soap. So yeah, this bitch drank it. She's not a bitch. She's a child. This child <laughs> drank it. <laughs> and well, that was dumb. Real dumb. And Arthur calls for the constable like, hey, we got a situation in here. And at that moment, this little girl spits up blood and falls into his arms and dies. In Arthur's arms? Yes. Oh, man. Yeah. Tough day. Tough <laughs> day. Really tough day. Um, Why did you drink that lie, little girl? Part of the lore that we no one will tell us about. So... Cut to him standing outside the parents' house of the little girl that died. And we now cut back to him at the inn at his room. And he hears sobbing. Uh, Mrs. Fisher pops out. And she sort of invites him down to the bar, uh, the pub. And she pours Please. him a drink. And yeah. She's, she's, Thank you. She's <laughs> drinking with him, too. Like, she's. Day. She's having, she's having a day, oh, he's having a day, yeah. we're having a day. Okay. And so she straight up says to him, don't go back to Eel Marsh House. Please. Please, she says. And Arthur says, why? And she says, you have a son, right? 
-hmm. cherish and love him. Question five, what do you do? What does Arthur do? Like right now or a future in general? Right now. Or right now-ish. I'm going to be like, yeah, it's been a tough time. People have been trying to get me to leave this place for a while. Yeah. I got my papers already. Yeah. I read all the birthday cards. <laughs> time to go home. Yeah. Okay. What does Arthur and do? And he's like, I got to, I'm going to lose my job if I don't, I don't know, read the proper paperwork. So I, I got to go back, take care of my son. Yeah. Because his answer is, the fact that I cherish and love my son is the only reason I'm here. So now we cut to Arthur meeting Mr. Daly for dinner. All right. Um, Yeah. And he meets him on his grounds, finds him standing at the family crypt, you know, so like a big building, not not a big building. You know what I'm saying? Like a crypt. Um, And Mr. Daly is like, this is this is where my son Nicholas is buried. Um, A lot of sons starting Mm -hmm. with the word N. We got Nathaniel, and then we got Nicholas, Mr. Daly's son. Um, Wow, this is like the sixth dead kid already. Yeah, we had a lot of dead kids. It was the 1800s, I guess. A lot of dead kids, yeah. Everyone died. Yeah. Everyone died Um, always. All the time. So uh, my son's buried in there, and he says, you know, my wife and I will eventually going here as well and he's like I heard about the girl in the village he's like so so sad and he's like my wife doesn't know though like about the the lie drinker and he's like and I'd love it if we could keep it that way so if you could just like not mention that or kids in general sure yeah triggering right yeah just (laughs) don't talk about children so we cut to them in the dining room and did you watch Ozark I watched like the first season, maybe two. Did you ever date. meet the blonde lawyer mm, woman? I don't recall. Okay, doesn't matter. She she's his wife, uh, which would be interesting if you saw Ozark. So, um, did you watch she all says, of it? "I did, hmm. I did." Um, so she says, "You know, nice to meet you." Um. It was when Eric was uh, rehearsing for his show with his band. So any free time he had, he was in the office. So I got to watch, I got to like binge shows to completion without having to, you know, intersplice it with stuff he wants to watch. Right. It was a glorious time. Um, (laughs) So, so nice to meet you. And he's crafty. He says, sorry, I'm such a mess. I found myself without a room. Hint. (laughs) And <laughs> looks like you've got a lot of them. Yeah. And so she's like, oh, we must stay. And he's like, sweet. <laughs> um, and uh, she's like, let me go get the kids to eat with us. And the husband is like, no, maybe the kids shouldn't eat with us tonight. And she comes in with two dogs. Oh, she's you. This is also chat GPT. 100%. And like, it was weird because like the way that the movie was like filming this scene, it, I feel like we were like supposed to think that she was like unhinged for like putting her dogs in chairs and spoon feeding them their dinner. But I'm like, (laughs) 
are we supposed to like have an opinion about this woman? Like, oh, she's crazy. I'm like, how do you feed your dogs? <laughs> anyway, so that was like a weird scene right. that I didn't really totally. get. Yeah, that 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 is odd. It was really strange odd um, that they made it seem odd. Yeah, like I was. It was really <laughs> weird. So she's feeding them, and uh, she asks, "No, he asks." He asks about, oh, she asks him about, she asks Arthur about his son. That's what it is. So she's like, hey, you have a son. And Arthur is like, how do I get out of this one? I'm not supposed to talk about kids, but my son is a kid. What do I do? (laughs) And he, so he just says yes. And she says, oh, that's lovely. And she says, you don't want to end up like us. Richest folks in the country with no one to leave it to. And I was like, me, leave it to me. In the country. Yeah. Uh, I think they mean countryside, not the country of England, I think is what they meant. So she keeps going and the husband is just like drinking his wine or (laughs) meat or whatever it is. And she's like, did he tell you about Nicholas? And Arthur's like, no. And she's like, let me tell you all about him. And she's like... Uh, I painted that portrait of him. She points to a portrait of Nicholas. Um, Nicholas loved to sketch, too. And she says, he still does. He wants to draw a picture for you. And the husband is like, no. And she grabs a knife, goes into a trance, and starts carving into the table. (laughs) Oh, no. And the husband is like, get the medicine. Get the medication, butler. And the medication is just chloroform. So they just come out in chloroform. (laughs) 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 Which I'm like. It's a different time. But also, like, I wouldn't mind a the golden day days. here. And I that's what I'm saying. Like today, I used that a week ago. Today, I was like on the brink of a panic attack all day. If Eric had just come <laughs> up behind me and chloroform me, <laughs> I would have been better for it. Put me out of my misery. <laughs> yeah, it would have been great. So, <laughs> <laughs> just let me sleep for a day. Just let me <laughs> sleep. <laughs> Do you just, say that too? What did he say? He said something today. Oh, he has like he's like really busy with work, but he has allergies that make him want to like sleep a lot. Yeah, um, and I was like, oh, sorry, you're so busy and can't sleep forever. Um, and he's like, sleep forever sounds like death. And I was like, sweet, sweet death. <laughs> mm. Yep, you read that right. <laughs> um, so he chloroforms his wife with love, and um, we now cut to Mister Daly and Arthur in the den talking over you know like the men folk do um bourbon obviously a gorgeous hearth goes without saying um he's like basically he's like i fucked up i thought company would help like she doesn't go out she's cuckoo bananas as you can see (laughs) i took a shot i thought maybe just like having company would help it clearly did not apologies apologies all around (laughs) (laughs) um and he's like she's convinced it's our son speaking through her and he asks arthur he's like do you believe in that stuff and arthur says i didn't until my wife died but i see her sometimes your wife who's this lady uh sorry new wife Uh, no i think maybe i Maybe I said a pronoun incorrectly. 
uh, Mr. Daly asks Arthur, do you believe oh. in this stuff? Oh. oh, okay. And Arthur says, I didn't until my wife died. And, but I see her sometimes. Okay. Which, Got it. yeah. And he's like, and I can feel her sometimes. And Mr. Daly says, you must be careful, Arthur. All those charlatans preying upon your grief or something like that. He says, they prey on those in need. And Arthur tells him, I have to go back to Eel Marsh House. I have to keep looking. And Mr. Daly says, he's like, you know, it's not natural to lose someone so young. But if we open the door to superstition, where does that leave us? Chasing shadows, Arthur. And he says, when we die, we go up there. We don't stay down here. So it was a little unclear at this point. What I'll tell you is that Miss, whatever the lore of the village is, we are now learning that Mr. Daly is not one to believe such superstition or lore or whatever it is that the townspeople are afraid of. Mr. Daly is not on that page. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. His wife is everybody else in the villages. So now we cut to him in his room, uh, cut to Arthur in his room where he's staying at the Daly's. Remembering his wife, he sees another drawing of Nicholas and he goes into the hall and he sees the wife tucking the dogs into their cribs, which also they made it look like <laughs> I'm supposed to like think that's weird. Like tucking I was just like the dogs into their cribs. Yeah. Okay. Like what? But it was like weird. Like I'm like, I just, why do I need to see you tucking your kids in? I don't like mm-hmm. it was. Anyway, right. yeah, because that's just such a natural everyday occurrence for you. Yeah, as I told you, Chat GPT doesn't always get it perfect, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but they try. So he goes, <laughs> he goes downstairs again, and he he looks at his his own son's crayon drawing, and it does appear to be in crayon. So I will be post morteming. When did Ooh, we invent when crayons? Did we get crayons. I mean, they're made of wax, so it's not outside of the realm of possibility that we would have crayons i'm just i was curious about that they looked like drawn with crayola crayons so i'm just curious what the technology was um he sees on the dining room table where the wife had been sitting what she carved she carved a woman who has hung herself oh that's my message from fucking yeah Nicholas. what the fuck's your name is nicholas yeah 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 that's that's yeah pretty morbid nicholas thanks a lot these kids are that message well these kids know that they're not long for this world these kids are dropping like flies they're morbid but it was a lady hung yes yeah. okay yeah so cut to mr daly driving yes i'm not gonna lie please when don't you told me about the notes in my brain they are yellow notepad paper <laughs> with with crayon drawings on them. So it made sense to me that they were crayon drawings. Yeah. No, this Until is more you like... you started investigating if crayons existed yet. And I was like, oh, I guess they weren't on that paper that I was thinking of. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they were not on a legal notepad that you buy at Staples. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, they were on pieces of parchment tied together with a string. Uh, and Crayola crayons that... Um, I bought a target. So next day, Daly is driving him back into town. 
Arthur wants Mr. Daly to help him convince Jerome to help with the paper situation at the fucking house. And he's like, because y'all want me out of here so bad. I'll be done faster if I have some motherfucking help. Right. So he's like, can you help me do that? He goes, knocks on the door. No one is answering again. So he lets himself in and sees that the basement door is open. Question six, what do you do? What does he do? We're going down hand in hand. I got to see what's down there. I'm fine with that. (laughs) Fine with that. I think you'll get some information. So he goes down and there appears to be a locked door uh, with a peephole in it. Behind oh, which, no. behind which appears to be not like a peephole, like a hole in the door that you can look through. Um, like it doesn't look like an intentional peephole, is what I'm saying. Um, oh, okay, because it's like an old wooden door, right? Um, and he looks through, and it appears to be a child's room behind a locked door in the basement. So he's he's eyeballing around. He's eyeballing around. Child eye! There's like a child eye looking at him from the other side. And she just starts yelling, Go away! You killed Victoria Harding! Go away! Go! 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 And she's like banging on the other side of the door until he runs back upstairs. Oh my! These kids are not doing well. Like, across the board. Who's Victoria Harding? (sighs) The lie girl. The lie girl? So she could see that this was Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. And knew that Harry Potter killed Victoria Harding. Which he Mm -hmm. didn't, but you know, Mm -hmm. in his arms. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, she's locked away, but she's got a lot of information. Yeah. Um, She's pretty aware of what's going on. We learn why later. So, cut to him running out of the office back into Mr. Daly's car, hopping in. They drive off, uh, presumably to drive to Eelmarsh House, and the villagers are blocking the way. Mm. Uh Uh-oh. So Mr. Fisher, who is the innkeeper, is like, you should have left when we told you to. Now his daughter is dead, and he points to Mr. Harding. (gasps) Oh, my goodness. And Mr. Harding is apoplectic beside himself. And Mr. Daly is like, Fisher, take him home. This isn't helping anything. Like, it's just a stupid superstition. Mr. Fisher gets in Mr. Daly's face and is like, you think it's stupid superstition that took your boy? (sighs) And... Mr. Daly goes to like, will someone tell me the superstition, please? What is the Lord? Can I just (laughs) hear it so I can make an educated decision? I just. Goddamn. Just tell me the Lord. Just somebody tell me the fucking Lord. Let's get some s'mores. Let's sit around a campfire. Tell me the fucking Lord. To me. So Mr. Daly goes to kind of like, you know, fight. Mr. Fisher. Yeah. But um, Arthur holds him back. And so Mr. Daly is like, okay, all right, you're right. Uh, And he 
So what? Uh, question seven. What do you do? What does Mr. Daly do? Mr. Daly? Yeah. Mm. Uh, I think he is like, is like work takes him to the Marsh Island deal farm. Okay. Uh, because he doesn't believe in the superstition that no one will tell me. Mm-hmm. And I, <laughs> oh man, it would be helpful if I did know the superstition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to make this decision because he knows it. Yeah. Uh, so then I will just be like, these people are crazy. A girl died. My son died. So I'll just be on the safe side and tell this guy to get the fuck out of here. That's one and a half points. Um, get the fuck out of here. You don't need to, you know what? At this point, I don't even need to know the lore. I'm just, I'm just going to get you out of here. This is <laughs> getting out of hand. Um, he does take him to Eelmarsh house, but he's got to get past the villagers somehow. And right now they are swarming his car. So, cause it's not, you know, it's a car, but it's, it's a car with a lowercase C at this point. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so he goes, okay, okay. And he backs up cause these are also British roads. You can't, you gotta drive straight or back up. There's no turning around. There's no space. There's no nothing. So he starts backing up and Arthur is like, what are you doing? And he's like, shh. And then he slams on the accelerator and drives through them. And they, you know, obviously jump out of the way. Oh, good. So basically. I should hope so. Yeah. He knew that, like, if he, like, started driving, he would hurt them. But if he gives himself some, you know, some space, they'll they'll jump out of the way. All right. So they're driving to Marsh House through the marsh. And uh, Mr. Daly is like, don't mind them. And he's like, they don't know what they're talking about. Arthur is like. But I did see someone like I know you're like, I don't believe in superstition and nobody lives there, blah, blah, blah. But like I saw something and Mr. Daly is like, Arthur, like, don't go chasing shadows. Don't go chasing shadows. shadows. <laughs> Be sick to the marshes and the roads village you you're used to. to. Um, I'm I very excited. That you're gonna die in the mud. Yep. Because uh, you lost your shoes. Nice. You got there. Um, what I'm really excited about is I already have a TLC Waterfalls reference coming up later. And I didn't even know that this one was going to be in there. Wow. So this is TLC Chasing Waterfalls right now. I, I can't, can't wait. Yeah. So my faves of all time. Uh, the tide's out and, and he's like, so the tide's out right now. Uh, basically the schedule, the tide, I can't come to pick you up till 11 PM. <gasps> and Arthur says, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's so late. I- that's like, that's more like my response <laughs> where I'm like 11 PM. That's such a dramatic response. <laughs> I've been asleep for two hours. That is sleepy time. <laughs> Um, <laughs> like I don't want to be here by myself till 11 p.m. Well, he's not going to be there till 11 p.m. He says, don't bother. Pick me up tomorrow. Oh, no. Arthur. <laughs> yeah. Pick me up tomorrow. I'm going to spend the night. Oh, no. So <sighs> Daly doesn't believe in the superstition, but he is a little like, OK. And he's like, well, take the dog then. 
um, just His in case. child? A different dog, actually. They have three dogs. Two of them oh. are children. One of oh. them is a dog. Yeah. Wow, that poor guy. What's different about him? I don't know, but like definitely, wow. I just realized that right He's now. He's just getting table scraps and eating on the floor. Yeah, like and then his fucking scoundrel. Yeah, and his siblings. It's like fucking Cinderella over here. The wow. evil. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, so he's like, take the dog. This is a dog, not a human child. I know that that's confusing. Please take my dog, my canine. (laughs) And we cut to Arthur inside. He now has keys. I, 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 I missed where he got the keys. Uh, I'll be honest, but he has keys to unlock various doors in the house. Maybe he found, he found it in the house. I'm not sure. Or that guy's house, Jerome or whatever. Maybe. Yeah. So he's trying different ones to open the door at the end of the hallway, the one that was locked. And then he looks behind Mm. him in the hallway like he felt something or heard something. Cut to him in another room that he found. And he sees that there's a large wooden box marked Nathaniel Drablo. And there's more papers in there. This guy was not kidding. There are papers galore. Papers everywhere. And he goes, so he opens this, there's a bunch of papers, some fall under the bed, so he crawls under the bed and he's trying to grab for a piece of paper, hand on the glass of the bathroom. So there's like a bathroom door and there's like a glass and he sees a hand. So he goes into the bathroom, no one there. He looks in the tub, nothing. He looks behind the modesty screen, nothing. There's a hearth in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. It was beautiful. beautiful. In a bathtub? In a bathtub. Mm. Ball and claw. I love it. Give it to me. Yeah. Um, But nothing. Nothing was there. So now we're back in the beautiful purple room. And he is, he looks at this, it's this old timey thing where it was kind of a lampshade around a bulb in the center but the shade had shapes in it cut out of it so that when you spun it it kind of made a movie Mm. okay uh so he's looking through and he's like watching the the sort of images play and i on the other side of it like Mm. a child eye like he looks and there's like a zombie child on the other side of it so he's like (laughs) he gets real scared I've never heard that reaction from you before. I haven't either. And so he's like, <laughs> <laughs> like what? I don't know. Turkey all of a sudden. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs> and it's also not what he did. I was like, I, I was just going to say, I was like, I doubt that he did that. I doubt that's what he was actually like. It wasn't. Uh, <laughs> um, but that's what I'm going to do when I'm scared from now on. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so he gets scared. And um, we now cut to an aerial view 
of high tide just so we can we can see how how expansive this is and how very very stranded he is mm-hmm. out here alone cut to <laughs> I can't stop thinking about it I'm so sorry I can't stop thinking about it okay okay honestly I couldn't either I'm glad you broke before I did <laughs> Did it. Replaying the moment. <laughs> <laughs> the replaying in my brain over and over again now. <laughs> like I sounded just like a turkey. You did. <laughs> <laughs> Why was I? Why was I a turkey? <laughs> <Ooh>. Okay. <laughs> it was like scary thing, and so he's like. <laughs> 250 episodes, like. Why are things? Why are new things still popping out? Um, oh my gosh! Happy two fifty! Happy happy two fifty! China holds out. Tits up! <laughs> oh shit! Also to the patrons, it's not yeah. that I have like a disgusting. <laughs> it's like you look like you're drinking disease. It's not that I have a disgusting, <laughs> like an old disgusting jar <laughs> that I'm drinking out of. It's so it's gross. <laughs> it really, <laughs> it's really, it really, you called it out. <laughs> it's a <sighs> mixture of protein shake, mushroom coffee, and like seed cycling, like like sure. seeds, seeds yeah. are in there. <laughs> Not there's a glass just, of disease. <laughs> some seeds yeah. left over on the wall there. <laughs> Not like just <laughs> some Ooh. fucking trash I picked up. <laughs> I don't know. Had a Ketron's car. <laughs> uh, Eric took my car for a spa day. My car is so clean right now. Oh, I want to show it to you. I bet um, she loved it. She did. Um, okay, so now we cut to an old photograph. So here's what we see. We see uh, a mother and a father standing in front of Eelmarsh House uh, with little Nathaniel standing in front of them. And the house is behind them beautifully. He then starts reading more letters and he sees like a bunch of sketches with like weird shit written on them and like weird things circled um in red mm-hmm. and like it just looks a little like unhinged yeah. like it looks like it was written by someone who's not well right a little manic um, yeah and then the dog starts barking and he's barking at the outside like barking at the door to go outside question eight what do you do what does arthur do uh Oh, God, I don't know. I don't want to be here. (laughs) (laughs) I've left so many times. (laughs) You did. Now I'm forced to stay here overnight. Yeah. Uh, He's barking at the door. I don't know. I don't know him. Does he have to pee? (laughs) (laughs) No, this strikes me as a dog who is very much like, danger, danger, (laughs) danger. That's what he's barking like. Okay. <laughs> Not mm. like pee-pee. Mm-hmm. Pee-pee. <laughs> well, those sounded very similar. It's hard for me to tell. 
okay. Uh, even if he is telling me it's danger, I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. say I can understand that that dog is telling me danger. <laughs> I'm like, so what well, do you suggest, dog? I know. Tell me more because <laughs> do you know do the you lore, know the dog? <laughs> Could you tell me the lore? Somebody please tell me the fucking lore. For Christ's fucking sake. (laughs) Yeah. How did Mr. Daly drop me off here without being like, oh, the here's why the townsfolk were attacking our car. Yeah. They all believe this dumb story that I don't believe is true at all, but they all think this yada, 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 who cares? Even in just a nonchalant way like that. Can Can I please get the lore? Yeah. So. All right. Danger. I'm gonna look out the window just to maybe see what he's barking at, maybe. Okay. I'll start there. What does um, Arthur do? I think he opens the door and goes on out. <laughs> so, this point, point for Arthur. This is the one time where. <clears throat> The dog appears to be the only one willing to help you figure out this lore. Uh, (laughs) Because (laughs) he opens the door and the dog runs outside and Arthur follows him. The dog leads him to the cemetery. The cemetery has a grave for Nathaniel Drablo. Uh, And then the dog is like barking at something so he goes over and sees another grave for Jeanette Humphrey Jeanette Humphrey dear sister of Alice Drablo okay so Aunt Jeanette yes Jeanette so, that must have been one of those names that went back around it's spelled G-E-N-N-E-T oh fancy Jeanette yeah um, oh, I just think <clears> of it as like a 80s name yeah exactly like you have to be she has big hair and big bangs a hundred percent yeah um maybe this one does she's under the ground who can know how big her bangs are (laughs) she's from the 1880s yeah so walking back to the house uh you know okay i saw these graves walking back to the house woman in the window there's a woman in the window So he goes upper floor. Okay. So he goes inside looking for her. He sees. Okay. Oh, no, he sees her her now. Yeah. And he's like, he's really like, hello, got to find people when I see him. Yeah. Uh, He's a curious fellow. (laughs) So he hears a thump. He follows it. Going to different rooms. He looks out the window. Woman behind Ah. him. He doesn't see that one. We do. But he does turn around. He feels something. No one's there. But when he turns around, he finds a bench with more birthday cards in it. Now, the previous birthday cards we saw said, Happy birthday, dearest Nathaniel. Love, mother and father. This now says, Happy birthday, dearest Nathaniel. Love, mummy. And it is for Nathaniel's First birthday. So we have. Wait, what love, did the first one say? 
the first one was like for like his eighth birthday or ninth birthday or something. Who? Mummy and Daddy. Mummy and Daddy. This one for beginning just said mummy. Yes. Okay. So we now cut to him dumping all the papers from that bench out into his paper pile that he's going through. And he picks up a letter. And we hear the voiceover of what the letter says. Alice, I have to give you my son because you got the doctors to say I was mentally unfit. But he'll Mm. always be mine. Jeanette. Oh, no. So Nathaniel is Aunt Jeanette's son. Yes. Uh Uh-oh. Then we see an adoption paper certificate for Mr. and Mrs. Drablo to adopt Nathaniel, which is why his last name is now Drablo instead of Humphrey. He then reads another letter that says, you won't let me see him or even give him my cards. You're not doing this for him, but to cause me pain. If you won't let me see him, then I'll find a way. He then picks up the photo that he had seen before with Mr. and Mrs. Drablo and Nathaniel and the house behind him. And he looks more closely and there's a woman in the window of the picture. Uh-oh. So he keeps reading. It says, you didn't try to save him. You didn't even give him a proper burial. You can rot in hell. We then see a death certificate for Jeanette Humphrey. And it says, hung self. In Eel Marsh House Nursery. Oh, man. Now, <laughs> apparently this news was just too much for him because he just starts to doze off. <laughs> he just was like, He's oh, my couple days. <laughs> He's like, can I get a chloroform up in here? <laughs> I'm going to chloroform myself. So... We see that he's kind of dozing, and we see that there's a shadow behind him. And the shadow is approaching him from behind, and the dog growls. And Arthur is still asleep, and the shadow, whatever it is, is just about to touch him. And we hear a voice say, he can never be yours. And the dog barks, and Arthur wakes up. Nobody's there. But he looks back down at the picture. And the eyes of Mr. and Mrs. Drablo are scratched out. Oh, no. Things are looking bad. Oh, no. And the tide is still too high. Also, he's not coming back till morning and there is no phone. So you can't change your mind. Sorry. <sighs> it's not looking great. So he then starts to hear repetitive thumping. Coming from upstairs. Great. It's in the room he can't open. So he's fucking had it. And he grabs an axe, like a little firewood axe, like one that's presumably around in any old timey house. And he slowly reapproaches the door. But now the door is just ajar. <laughs> no, creepy, Uh-oh. creepy, creepy. And the creepiest chair is doing what? 
Rocking. Yep. It's a rocking chair. As rocking. we discussed on our chair podcast. Yep. And it is rocking hard. Like the person sitting it's an in aggressive this rock. would have whiplash for sure. <laughs> it is rocking out hard, heavy metal rocking Follow chair. Up question of yeah. what's the scariest chair, which we figured out. What's the scarier rock? Slow or hard? This was pretty Slower scary. Fast. This felt really unnatural. Mm. Like, I feel like when it's just kind of like a slight rock, I'm like, that ghost seems relaxed. Yeah. This one, I was like, this ghost is mad. (laughs) (laughs) This ghost is not. Yeah. And nobody wants a mad ghost. No. That's not good for me. So he goes in. And as he comes around to, like, the front of the rocking chair, it stops. So he's looking around the room. <clears throat> he opens up an armoire, just kind of inspecting the room. It appears to be a nursery, you know, where someone may have yes, hung themselves, for instance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he then sees that there is a slight tear in the wallpaper, which appears to have been wallpapered over other wallpaper. Sure. And so he tears at the first layer of wallpaper and he uncovers, written in some sort of red, you could have saved him. Mm. And then creepy monkey yeah. toy. Monkey toy. <laughs> okay. It's a nursery. Late 19th century. All the toys all are, the toys are creepy. so creepy. <laughs> They're so creepy. They're just all the creepiest toys. And here's what I found interesting. It's like, we're not looking back on toys and being like we are saying old timey toys are creepy but it's not like they're creepy because they're old timey they were objectively creepy looking yeah so i'm like were kids just like not scared of them or were kids just playing with their toys running around being like (laughs) (laughs) i think they were tougher back then. I guess. And they were used to everything so scary. scary everything was then. so scary. Yeah. Really so par for the course. Yeah. Also, do you think what if in a hundred years people think our toys are scary? They might. So they're gonna have little fucking Megan's walking around and they're like, Oh, what are those weird creepy dolls people had? That's true. That's 1990s. true. Um Popples are never gonna be scary. Teddy well, Teddy Ruxpin is objectively scary, so we can identify scary. Scary is as scary does, because Teddy Ruxpin was fucked. <laughs> but who's going to see a popple and be like, ah! That's true. I do love a popple. I love a fucking popple. Um, Care Bears. Care Bears are great, too. Transformers. Um, tra- uh, no, lost me. Barbies. Half and half. I was more like, I wanted like, Princess dolls and aerial dolls and things. Cabbage Patch Kids. Yeah. Yeah. Join us for our toys. Yeah. Join us <laughs> for our, po- our podcast where we just name 80s toys. That was just a little sneak preview. <laughs> <laughs> uh, push up pops. Oh, I love push up pops. Ring pops. Uh, a toy, though. True. We're expanding our toy podcast <laughs> to 80 snacks. snacks. <laughs> Join us. <laughs> so 
he leaves he leaves the room and he goes into the mother room. Just, no way. I was going to make a joke and then I like didn't make it because I knew it was an inside joke just between you and I. Oh, well, it'll be an outside joke. Let's hear it. comes out. Yeah. I was just going to say fruit leather, but it was like, <laughs> the second time that it would have been a joke just for us. But <laughs> just for. But I guess that by this time this comes out, it could be a joke for all. It could be a joke for everybody. I don't know. Let us know if fruit leather made you laugh. <laughs> cool. <laughs> So he then goes into what appears to be a room within a room. Like, I'm not entirely sure where he is, but he's, like, continuing to explore, basically. And he looks out the window, and it's raining really fucking hard again. Of course it is. And he sees the cross out there, and then he sees something start to crawl up out of the Ah! And it appears to be Your a shoes? child. My shoes. <laughs> uh, and it starts walking towards the house. Oh, no. <laughs> so he's looking He's looking out the window. He's seeing this, this mud child w- start to walk up. And he sees a handprint appear in front of him on the window that he's looking at. Ah. But so can also he, see in the distance. Yes. Yes. Uh, 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 so oh, he no. touches. Is it, a, is it a child handprint or a large An adult handprint. handprint. Oh. So he touches the handprint like reflexively, like out of, sure. like what, you know, touches yeah. it. And then a woman ah. screams in his face. It's like ah. a flash of like a woman ah. just like, ah! like screaming at it in oh, the window. Man. Things are coming off the rails. So he runs. God starts barking. I think I meant dog. <laughs> I think you meant Jod, actually. Yeah, I think I meant Jod. Um, but also it's a little bit of a Freudian slip that I would call a dog God. That checks out. So he runs down the stairs. Fucking Jod is barking at the front door again. Oh, gosh. But this time, the doorknob is going jingle, jingle, jangle, jangle, jingle, 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 jingle. So question nine, what do you do? So question nine, what do you do? What does Arthur do? I am going to go. Uh, to whatever feels the least haunted room. Okay. And bring Jod with me. (laughs) Yep. And make sure there's light. And Uh hide in a corner with a blanket around me and pray till morning okay what does arthur do uh i'm like he doesn't open the door does he i mean things are clearly happening now we we can't we can't just be like nah (laughs) we can't we can't just like ignore it yeah exactly like we can't just chloroform our ways out of this (laughs) oh can i just chloroform myself though till morning i'll take it if there's chloroform available, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. 
100%. Yeah, I'm into it. Uh, oh, my gosh. I'm going to use that more often than staying alive. <laughs> chloroform. I choose the chloroform. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, did you drop a crystal? <laughs> I did. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm more. Um, it's my thinking crystal. Uh, does he? I uh, does he open the door? Let's just find out. He does. What he happens? What's the out there? So first he says, "Who's there?" And the knob stops jingle jangling for a second, and then it starts jingle jangling faster. Mm-hmm. So he grabs it and like stops it. And I was like, cool, you stopped it. Go chloroform yourself now. (laughs) But instead he opens it. And there's nothing outside. So he goes further out into the rain. Just to make, just to look for more nothing. Just to make sure there's, (laughs) let's, I bet there's something out here. And then he sees a shit ton of dead kids in the woods. So many dead All kids the in the dead woods. Kids. All Uh-oh. the dead zombie kids. I'm picking up the lore. Yeah. I'm picking up some lore. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, question 10. What do you do? What does he About do? The damn time. Yep. Uh, run back inside hand in hand. <laughs> Lock the door. I'm going to chloroform myself, but at least we'll go hand in hand till there. This is where we get to the point where the points you get for staying alive are based solely on my mood at the given second you say it. Cause I don't know. <laughs> so I'm in a generous mood that bodes well for you. Thank you. So he runs back inside, locks the door, muddy footprints going up the stairs. Somebody nope. came in first. Nope. You're not alone inside. Dead kids all outside, their little footprints of a child that's been in the mud. And then he hears a music box and it's creepy sounding and it's playing through the whole house. So he follows the sound upstairs and he has to grab a candle off a sconce and I just love it. Goes into the old nursery where the rocking chair was. All the toys are going off, off. All of the creepy toys How? are just like, boom, 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 <laughs> boom, boom, rocking out. Like Ray Daber's apartment earlier? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then but they like, all stop. What you, like, oh. what do you, like, what do you, what well, do you Well, it's mean? like little baby, it's like little 1800s <laughs> toys. So it's like, you know, a monkey that's like. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but if it was just like a doll. She's just dancing. He's got a lot. He's got a lot of animatronic toys in there. So he's got like maybe a, you know, a windy uppy. They're all making noise. Uh, Yeah, they're all making noise. And uh, well, that's terrifying. So it's very upsetting. And then they all come to a stop. So he turns toward the thump, and a ghost kid Uh. runs by. And then a woman hmm. appears and hangs herself. Oh, and then oh. the chair starts rocking. Oh, and then no. he trips and falls. Oh, and God. his candle goes out. Oh. So he has to relight it. And he relights it. Muddy child scream face. <laughs> I'm 
canceled. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. Where's the chloroform? (laughs) Someone please bring me the chloroform. (laughs) So he's like too much and runs into his bedroom and locks the door really fast. And then he looks at his bed and there appears to be a mud puddle forming on his bed. And there's a kid coming up from the mud puddle. And then he's like trying to unlock the door again. He's like, I locked this too good. (laughs) I locked it too good. (laughs) Damn it, me and my wonderful locking skills. (laughs) Thwarted by my own self. (laughs) Shaking his fist at himself. Yeah, exactly. So he finally gets it unlocked. He runs to the front door. Mr. Daly is there. Oh, praise, praise John. Oh, <laughs> yeah. my God. I can't believe we made it. We made we... it through the night. Praise Holy John. Holy moly. So cut back to them. Cut to them driving back as the sun rises over the marsh. And they're both just sitting in silence until Arthur says, you don't believe me, do you? And Mr. Daly says, I believe even the most rational minds can play tricks in the dark. And he's like, I saw her and him. And I'm like, bitch, you saw a lot of shit. <laughs> you, you, saw a lot. <laughs> you saw a lot of shit. So he's like, I saw her and him, uh, meaning Nathaniel. And Mr. Daly says, the body was never recovered from the marsh. Yeah, it's in the mud, bro. Yeah, I, I I saw it. And he's like, I the saw them. So we drive into the village to commotion, big commotion. Oh, someone else is dead now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, great. Good job, Mr. Arthur. Mr. Jerome's office is aflame. <gasps> aflame. And the Little mother girl. is outside calling and like the villagers are holding her back because the building is aflame. So Arthur runs into the house down to the basement. Wow. And busts open the door where Lucy was. He sees her on the other side of the flame. Like basically he'd have to like literally Mm -hmm. run through fire to get to her. And she's just standing there holding a candle very calmly And then she looks over at something. He looks at what she's looking at. And it's the woman in black. (laughs) She's standing over there. (laughs) And then Lucy looks at her candle, drops it. And she bursts into flames. Another dead kid. Another dead kid. So Arthur runs Uh, back out and slow-mo whole town is sobbing. Cut to Arthur back at the dailies, washing his face and hands in a basin. He looks out to, he looks out the window and sees his wife, ghost of his wife walking through, but not like a ghost of his wife. Like he's Mm -hmm, just mm -hmm. having memories, you know. Cut to Mr. Daly coming in, bringing him a drink. And, uh, yeah, he's like, I remember when the Jeromes 
lost their first kid. Oh, goodness. And they said, never again with Lucy. So they locked her in the basement to protect her. So that's why she lived in the basement, to protect her <laughs> from whatever was killing all the neighborhood kids. Oh, God. And then I, and then I guess... She got killed anyway. Yeah. And I guess this is when the crayon question really came to the forefront of my brain because I wrote when were crayons invented apropos of nothing so we must have been <laughs> looking at his drawing I guess um, we cut to Arthur coming up to Mrs. Daly now who's standing by their crypt so now Mrs. Daly is standing by the crypt and he asks her what happened to Nicholas and she says they were playing at the he was playing at the beach with friends and they say the tide must have caught them off guard. I just realized. So the reason he asked her that, the reason he wanted to go out to talk to Mrs. Daly is because in his room, he noticed a painting of the sea and two little boys walking out into the ocean. Mm -hmm. But there's a figure standing further out in the ocean that appears to be a woman in black. Uh-oh. So then he goes, that's when he goes out to Miss Daly and he's like, what happened? And she says, they got caught in the tide. But then she says, you've seen her, haven't you? And he says, she was in the fire. And then Mrs. Daly says, you mustn't blame yourself for not leaving when they told you to. And Arthur's like, I don't. Why <laughs> You should. Uh, you should, Arthur. Um. But Mrs. Daly starts being like, whenever the woman is seen, the kids start dying. So you saw mm. the old lady. You saw the woman in black. Kids are dying. That's why people are blaming you because they knew that she's seen at the, at house. the house. So if you go to the house, yeah, your eyeballs yeah. are going to see her and then the kids die. Yeah. Great. Then. Cool. Yeah. Finally. Thank you. Thank Mrs. you. Daly. Here's the lore. We learn more about the lore soon, but, uh, well, I guess, no, we did. So, like, she blames, the woman in black blames her sister and brother-in-law for not pulling him out of the mud. Yeah. yeah. So. And then she killed herself, and now she's killing all the other kids. Yeah. Couldn't remember where we were in the story. So, then her voice changes, and she starts speaking in her voice, but behind her voice Sounds like a bunch of kids' voices. <laughs> oh, and she's it. saying, she makes us do it. They took her boy away. So now she takes us. She makes us do it. And Mrs. Daly is like grabbing Arthur. And then we see a vision of the boys walking into the ocean. The girls jumping out the window. The girl mm. dying of lie. And then... Mrs. Daly saying, she saw you. She's coming. She's coming. And she starts carving with a rock on the crypt. Mr. Daly comes out with chloroform and <laughs> <laughs> tries, to get her, tries to get her to stop, but she growls at him. Like, she's like, Ugh. and then passes out. So she chloroformed herself. <laughs> and then we see what she's carving. She's carving a child standing next to a woman at a train stop. Oh, no. 
I think it's my little guy. Question 11. What do you do? What does Arthur do? I'm leaving. I'm leaving. I'm going mm-hmm. home. What day are we? Are they coming already? Are they here? Come yeah, on the way? Soon. Yeah. I'm going home. I'm, I'm sending a telegram. I'm telling them, don't come. Don't come. Stay there. <laughs> don't leave. And okay. I'm coming back immediately. Okay. And if that's not what he does, then he's a fucking idiot. What is? Oh, hand in hand? Okay. No. I don't oh. think that's what he does. That's what okay. he should do. Okay. Is it what he does? It's what he should do. And what does this idiot do? Come on. You. He's experienced so much. He watched. <laughs> Catherine's just giving me eyes. <laughs> he watched the lady tell the old girl, like, hello. Hello. Hand in hand. <gasps> yes, yes, yes. He did yes, it. Yes, yes. So we cut to Mr. Daly speeding down the road. And Arthur is like, how the fuck could you take me to Eel Marsh House with that lore that you didn't tell me? Why didn't you tell me the lore? And he says, I didn't believe the stories. And Arthur says, or didn't want to. And I was like, he's got a point, Mr. Daly. So then... They come to a dead end at the telegram store, which is closed. Oh, no. Telegram store is closed. The next village is an hour away. And uh, Arthur says they'll be on their way by then. Question 12, what do you do? What does Arthur and Mr. Daly do? Uh, I think hand in hand we go to the train station so we can just be like, Oh, welcome back back on the next train home. Cheerio. Just right off and on again. Goodbye. Didn't we're not here. You're not here. Hand in hand, did you say? Yes. Point for you. They devise a plan. Arthur says, "When is the tide out again?" And what? Mr. Daly says, "Whatever." And he says, maybe if we can reunite them, she'll be at peace. And Mr. Daly says, they never recovered the body from the swamp of sadness, bruv. And he says, but you have something they never had. Oh, a psychic wife. Or a dog. Or money. Or... (laughs) uh, I don't have to guess. They had actually all of those things. Um, (laughs) A car? They have a car. A car. Yeah. What does that get you? You'll find out. So cut to (laughs) (laughs) a psychic wife, a dog, money. (laughs) (laughs) So what do do they need a car for? Cut to them out by the cross in the marsh. The car is out there. Arthur's got a rope around his waist. Oh, we're going in. And the other side of the rope is tied to Daly's car. (laughs) We're doing a mud run. We're doing a mud run. Wow. We're going to go into the mud. I wasn't expecting that. And he goes under. He pops back up. And I'm like, what is the fucking... 
I can't just, there is no other comparison to the consistency of this mud other than the classic tale of the never ending story, Atreyu and Artex in the Swamp of Sadness. There's no other comparable substance where it's like, it's muddy and dense, but also liquid. Soupy. But yeah. also, like, it's just, but also mud run like it's Mm -hmm. just it's exactly that quicksand but also yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so he goes down pops back up and he's like i can feel it it's just beneath my feet and he's like give me more slack from the rope i'm gonna tie it i'll tie it what his body so he goes down and he's down there for a long time to the point where mr daly gets scared and starts backing up Turns out this fucking idiot didn't just go find the body. He's trying to get the entire fucking carriage out of the mud using an automobile to pull it from the fucking swamp of sadness, which I can only presume also has a horse carcass carcass attached, attached to, it. to it. Yeah. And if you don't know about mar- marsh mud swamp science, it preserves bodies. So it's not like the horse has lost any mass at all. Um, so he ties it to the carriage. They're trying to pull it out. And he's like, I've, I've got it. I've got the body. So he's carrying the body. But then, like, the car is overheating, so the car starts letting the carriage go back into the mud. And so now he's got to kind of, like, jump kind of to the part where he can stand holding a body that, please remember, is fully preserved and has lost no mass. And he finally makes it out holding the body. The carriage sinks back down, but he's got the kid. Great. We did it. Great. Yeah. (laughs) Cut to... I mean, this couldn't have been a worse plan. It just, from start to finish, even if it works, I'm like, it shouldn't have. This was a terrible (laughs) plan. (laughs) So it's post-bath time, you know, because he was a literal, literal mud person. Mm -hmm. Um, And... uh, Ugh, can you imagine swimming in that? Mud? No, How it's not it? because Ow. I'm like it's not even swimming. Like, what yeah. is it's it's something? It's mud. It's the mud run. It's there's no. It's yeah. as if we were oh, in that mud and had to like get go get our shoes. Magical that this yeah that he pulled a child out of there. Well, he is Harry Potter. <laughs> <True>. <laughs> so yeah. post bath, Daly is like, can we just put him in the fucking ground? please and get it over with and arthur is like they need to find each other first and i'm like why are you the fucking expert on the lore you just learned right (laughs) (laughs) why don't we just bury him in the cemetery of his family next to his mom right so we cut him in the nursery and he's spreading all of the mom's birthday cards around the body and putting a rosary on him and he's just like okay anytime now downstairs daily is he's like i'm not going up to the fucking nursery so he's hanging out downstairs like you do your little ritual (laughs) miss me with it so daily then looks at the photo and sees the scratched out eyes upstairs fucking harry turns on all of the creepy ass toys (laughs) to be like come on mom and this is where there's 
literally a monkey doing one of the most iconic dance moves from TLC's Waterfalls downstairs. <laughs> Daly sees a figure across the foyer in a room and says, Nicholas? And I said, sir, why do you think your dead son is across the hall in a home he never lived? <laughs> Me thinks you believe in the lore a bit more than you're letting on. In which case, you should have told somebody. So he follows fucking Nicholas into the room and he hears, Daddy? And then the fucking door locks behind him by a ghost. And I was like, of course it does. And then he looks in a mirror and it's ghost kid in the mirror. And he starts I banging mean, on the door, calling Arthur. What do, what do these people expect? They're dummies. They're Arthur's dummies. still upstairs waiting for the woman in black. The chair starts chairing. Great. Great the sign. toys stop toying. I think a good sign also, maybe. He looks down the hall. And all he sees is darkness coming towards him. The lights Ooh, going out as that. it comes down. And then a woman appears in the room and scream rushes him. Like through him Ugh. to the body. Goes mm. to the body. Great. Gra- like grabs, quote unquote, mm-hmm. the body the way a ghost would. Yeah. Uh, and then Maybe. screams in his face and disappears. Hope it was a good scream. <laughs> <laughs> and then <laughs> Arthur's like, I did it. All done. Great. Daily's door. Of this new town. Of this new thing that you didn't know about. Daily's door opens. He just walks out. He goes upstairs. Goes up to the nursery. And Arthur's like, I think she's gone. Cut to them. Putting Nathaniel's body into the ground with his mom. Like, so they open, you know, the crypt. They put her in there. Mm -hmm. Back up at the house. Uh, they've presumably left. They did it. They, he got all the paperwork. He buried the body, put him in the ground, and then we're just kind of going through the house, like POV, and we just hear, I will never forgive you for letting my boy die. Never forgive. Never forgive. Cut to the nanny and Joseph arriving at the train station. Mm, mm Mm-hmm. Daly and Arthur are there to meet them. And he gives mm-hmm. Joseph a big hug. And, he's, and Joseph says, Daddy! Introduces him to Mr. Daly. And he says, there's a change of plans. Nanny, can you go grab us tickets to go right the fuck back home? Great. So the nanny takes Joseph by the hand and walks over to the ticket stand. Mr. Daly and Arthur are having their, well... It's quite an adventure we've been through, new friend. (laughs) See you on the other side. Whatever. So the men are talking. Nanny is getting the tickets. Joseph sees the train coming Mm -hmm. in Mm slow-mo. And he starts walking towards the tracks. Mm -hmm. Arthur turns, sees him walking on the tracks. On the the tracks? On the tracks. The tracks and the train's coming. Question 13. What do you do? What does Arthur do? Fucking get my kid off the tracks. Hand in hand. But I don't know if Sammy, you can't see. That was a really like ethereal kind of confusing ding. 
Okay. It was ethereal and confusing. I agree. And you'll find out soon why. He jumps down onto the tracks, grabs Joseph, and is hit by the train. Daly sees the woman in black through the windows of the moving train on the Mm -hmm. other side. Mm -hmm. The train passes. The woman is gone. Daly looks over. We now are with Arthur. His eyes are tight shut. He opens them. He had pushed himself up against the wall, so like squeezed between the train and the wall. Uh But then Arthur looks up, and the train station is deserted. And we we cut back to Daly, and he's looking down, and he's horrified. And the nanny is sobbing. And then Arthur is holding Joseph, and Joseph says, Daddy, who's that lady? And Arthur turns around and he says, That's your mummy. They smile at each other, and the three of them walk off. The woman Uh in black. Oh. They're dead. They killed the... They're dead. They killed the... They they had zero problem killing all the kids. All the kids are dead. Every single kid is dead. They're dead. The Brits don't fuck around. They're like, oh, no, we kill kids. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's... Very uplifting, beautiful story. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. You feel great. So you may remember that there was a crow <laughs> that flew into a room. There was a crow. And you don't know if you got that point or not. Right. What you said to do was to just say, sorry, ma'am, didn't mean to disturb you, and leave. Right. What he did was get all up in the crow's business Think he knew what was best. He opens the window and that's when he sees the fucking woman in black first. So if he had just left the crow to her crow business and left the room, none of this would have fucking happened. And this is why you always got to let a crow do what she do. That is the ultimate moral of this movie. (laughs) Okay. So did I get a point? You did. Great. Because you had a respect for the crow. Are we sure that that's the case or you're making it up? Well, no. I mean, that was the first time he saw the woman in black. So we're thinking of the woman in black was, became a crow for a while until she was released. And then she went back to being a No, 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 no. Let me go back. Let me paint this no, 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 no. Okay, well then okay. I, I, I'm not getting it. <laughs> the crow has her own life. The crow okay. is a crow and is always right. a crow, and she's a crow mother. And she okay. said, "I am choosing my living situation, and it is at the bottom of this, this chimney house. in yeah. the hearth. And here are my babies. Right. And I flew down through the chimney, right, to help my babies. And right. there's a man in my bedroom, right, and." He, I did not invite him. Right. So instead of Arthur saying, excuse me, ma'am, this is your bedroom. Let me just leave. He says, no, I think you should fly out the window, crow. He would have never walked over to the window 
to look out the window where he saw the woman in black for the first time had he not tried to know what he thought was best for the crow and just let the crow do her thing. Okay. So the crow. Okay. So the crow. Okay. This makes me really cause the woman in black situation. It's more that it happened to be why he saw her the first time. But I feel like he would have saw her nonetheless. But we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. You know, it concerns me a little bit that you don't seem on board with this theory that don't fuck with crows is always the way to go. And it makes me concerned for your well-being. I'm never going to fuck with a crow. Okay, good. I thought this crow was a magic witch lady. They're all magic witch ladies. All crows are magic (laughs) witch ladies. (laughs) All right, let me total your points. Hi, Sammies. So we heard a rumor that you're not signed up for our awesome Patreon yet. What? Where are you getting your bone con then? It's cool. It's fine. You can still subscribe. Just hit the link in the show notes or search for us on Patreon. We're right there. We've got all kinds of bone con. That's bonus content. We've got mini-sodes, post-mortems, and Q&As all live stream. Polls, prizes, merch, and just a general smorgasbord of KK Sam. So join us. Or else. For your dead or alive, so you got four out of seven. For your questions, you got 20 out of 26 for a total of 24 out of 33. That's pretty good. That's fucking fantastic. Really impressive. Yeah. Well, thank you for that 250 episode tale. You're welcome. It's a delightful time. You're welcome. I'm so impressed with my brain for just like. Having all the ingredients for chat GPT to make this movie. Yeah. Great. Good job, you brain. Crows. Hearths. <laughs> old timey. England. Harry Potter. <laughs> moss. Feathers. Feathers? I guess there were feathers. There was probably feathers. Ghosts. Flats. Um, okay. Well, that's Thank it. Thank you so much for listening. Also, we were guests on another podcast that just came out this past Monday. Mm-hmm. It's called Scare You, as in the letter Scare U, University. University yeah. podcast. Uh, so we'll put the link in the show notes for that. So give us a yeah. listen. We talk about the movie Ready or Not. Yes. Um, shout out to our friend Guy Busick, who is the one of the amazing writers on that movie. And... Mm-hmm. It doesn't disappoint, guys. It's fantastic. Uh, this has been Kim and Kat. Stay alive. Maybe. So until next week, stay, stay alive. alive. Goodbye. Goodbye. Woman in black. I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Dread Podcast Network.